Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. Genetically modified mosquitoes to rescue against malaria? When you hear the term GMO or genetically modified organism, what does it make you think of? And if you thought of mosquitoes, you would be correct. According to NPR, scientists have found a way to genetically alter mosquitoes in an attempt to rid the world of malaria, a mosquito-borne parasitic disease. Malaria remains a major health problem. Despite efforts to contain it, it sickens more than 200 million people every year and kills more than 400,000, many of whom are children. A study published in Nature Communications Journal describes how researchers placed genetically modified mosquitoes in a special laboratory that simulated the conditions in sub-Saharan Africa where malaria is readily spread by normal mosquitoes. Using CRISPR, a technique that enables scientists to easily make precise changes in DNA, they caused a mutation in a gene known as double sex, which female mosquitoes need for normal development. The mutation deforms their mouths, making them unable to bite and spread the parasite. It also deforms their reproductive organs, rendering them unable to lay eggs. The mutation is combined with a gene drive in the male mosquitoes that is effectively a selfish type of genetic element that spreads itself in the mosquito population, said Tony Nolan of the Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine, who helped develop and test the mosquitoes. The researchers then released dozens of the gene-drive mosquitoes into special large cages containing hundreds of natural mosquitoes. According to the study's authors, the gene-drive mosquitoes decimated the natural mosquito populations in less than a year. While some researchers are excited about the potential for this scientific advancement, others are far more skeptical and feel the science is too dangerous. And speaking on a personal level, I feel as though this science is too dangerous and it would be irresponsible for us to release a mosquito like this into nature. Nima Basi, who heads the health of Mother Earth Foundation in Nigeria, an environmental advocacy group said, the idea of gene-drive mosquitoes is something that is very disturbing to me and to many people that I speak to. It has the possibility of disrupting the balance in our ecosystems in ways that cannot be predicted. And again, I just want to say I 100% agree with Nemo Basi that we have no idea what would happen if we would release something like this into nature. Although, again, interesting from a science perspective, very uncomfortable about releasing something like this into nature. COVID baby boom or baby bust. Oh. When the quarantine first began, many people predicted that there would be a surge in babies born at the end of the year. Myself included. Yeah, me too. 
This incorrect speculation comes from myths about birth spikes seen nine months after electricity blackouts or blizzards, a time when many are stuck inside with their partners with nothing else to do. However, experts are now witnessing a baby bust rather than a baby boom. So the USA Today reports that experts project about 300,000 to 500,000 fewer births next year than in previous years. The projection is bolstered by Google Trends that showed a significant reduction in pregnancy and sex-related searches, and a report that showed that 30% of people with ovaries are electing to delay conception. The decline in planned and unplanned pregnancies could be attributed to romantic partners meeting less due to social distancing, financial strain, and or child care uncertainty. Of course, not to mention general fear of what the future might hold. Philip Levine, an economics professor at Wellesley College and co-author of the report that projects fewer births, told USA Today that the size of the incoming COVID baby bust could have lasting implications for society. 300,000 fewer births would represent about an 8% decrease from last year's 3.75 million births. In fact, even if we're in a better state public health-wise at this time next year, Levine says that the economy won't be on the same timeline, and consequently, family planning will continue to be impacted. Huh. Now, the number of U.S. residents is likely to increase by at least 700,000, or 0.2% this year, which is the slowest pace since 1918, or the great influenza pandemic, or World War I, combined to lower America's population. Fewer people means fewer homes purchased, fewer cars bought, fewer vacations taken, fewer people working and pushing the economy. We're starting to get into a phase of seeing those big, long-term consequences of this pandemic. There are many fewer births and this is likely to have impacts for years to come. We will definitely be continuing to follow this story. Tie up your coffee cup. Have you ever been told to drink coffee because it could affect your heart negatively? If so, you can now let go of that belief. According to the Washington Post, coffee doesn't have to be avoided, even if you're at risk for arrhythmias or abnormal heart rhythms. A study published in JAMA Internal Medicine by researchers at the University of California at San Francisco analyzed data from more than 380,000 people and found that coffee drinking habits were not associated with an increase in arrhythmias. Neither was an individual's ability to metabolize caffeine associated with a heightened risk of abnormal heart rhythms. In fact, analysis of self-reported coffee consumption appeared to indicate that those who drank more had a potentially lower risk of developing certain types of arrhythmias, including atrial fibrillation, which can cause blood clots, stroke, or heart failure. Daniel Cantillon, the associate section head of cardiac electrophysiology and pacing at the Cleveland Clinic, says that caffeine is a very complicated drug. Overall, it is a strong stimulant to the nervous system and a relatively weak stimulant to the vascular system. Although caffeine does raise levels of catecholamines, hormones that can impart increased heart rate, Dr. Cantillon said it can also trigger other responses that may have balancing effects in the heart. 
Additionally, increasing evidence suggests that AFib may be linked to inflammation, and coffee is known to have some natural antioxidant properties. Dr. Fred Kuzumoto, an electrophysiologist and cardiologist who's a director at the Heart Rhythm Services at the Mayo Clinic in Florida, cautioned against overinterpreting the study's results by saying, this doesn't mean that I would have people start drinking coffee to prevent AFib, but for one, it is difficult to determine whether coffee consumption alone is responsible for a lower risk of arrhythmias. Other factors can be hard to measure, such as sleep habits and diet, which may also be involved. Dr. Daniel Catalan goes on to say, if you enjoy the taste and the flavor and the immediate effects on your concentration of drinking coffee, this study and other studies like it seem to suggest that there's no cardiovascular penalty associated with drinking coffee. Just remember the saying, everything in moderation. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to noisefiltershow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.